your big Hollywood sunglasses and light the torch because it's summer time. Welcome to the Crack Cellar. As the prophecy was once found guilty in a kangaroo court. I'm Two Spirit Penguin Daniel. And I am Broad Ist of the Casters Nichols. And today we're here to tell you that the new map is upon us. Isn't that right, Broadcaster Nichols? We got a new map in Warzone. <laughs> I'm gonna go cry in a corner. The new map yeah. that everyone dreamed about. It was going to be a snowy winter wonderland in the mountains with snowmobiles and ski lifts. And man, it was going to be great. But uh, tell us what actually happened, Broadcaster Nichols. Show us where it touched you. It pushed my belly button in rewound time. <laughs> <laughs> like a Care Bear move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... It, uh, it's a it's a terrible, terrible, <laughs> reaching attempt at failure. You know that's what I would call it. Mm. It, it just it, it's not I'm trying that. to. I'm trying to think of things that aren't like absolutely just <laughs> talking it, dog shit. <laughs> it but, is less prolific than the map update they did in blackout where they uh, flooded the river that was actually more of a prolific map update than this new map that we got in warzone that's sad they did more than that like they straight up added <laughs> so remember the boat always moved yeah man and then they did the flood then they blew up the dam well they First, they flooded the. Oh wait a minute! They blew up the dam and it flooded the uh, downstream. But then they did a third one where all that water kind of like leveled out, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like they did three changes and consistently had moving parts of the map. Yeah, uh, and they didn't even like it. wasn't hyped. It wasn't like. Oh, we got this for you two, three years after. Th they did that like six months into the release and with no fanfare, no announcements. They just dropped it on us randomly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think what the mindset was of these, these people that give us what we want <laughs> and sometimes not is that Blackout was a paid for game. Mm -hmm. And Warzone technically wasn't. So they feel like they can just fuck people in Warzone even though they make way more money in Warzone than they did in Blackout. So, there's that. What was it? They make like two million a day from Call of Duty alone? <laughs> Something like that? Yeah, and Something they put like it that. right back into development, don't they, Broadcaster Nichols? Yeah. Right back into the dev team. Here you go, guys, make a new map. Or it's, it's not. Like, it's just like such horse shit. Like, COVID, COVID made everyone stay home. It's like, I don't give a flying fuck with the type of money you guys are bringing in. You guys could have made laboratories in everybody's fucking house, okay? so <laughs> Instead, they just paid some intern to add, like, a scaffolding wall on a mountain. And they're like, all right, we're done. 
Some of it, it's so lazy. It's so lazy that you can tell. Don't forget about the salt mine. Yeah. Certain parts of the map weren't even touched. Like, literally not even touched. The relief tents. Let's bring up the relief tents on the map. Everybody that's been playing this game for quite some time knows there's a a, a refugee-looking transfer zone or, like, aid area, whatever you want to call it. Those tents didn't change. That area didn't change at all, pretty much. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird. It's like 40 plus years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, this was a very cheap, lazy, desperate release. I think I I think that they had plans that were very different. If you take this into account with the whole originally they said they were going to combine the engines and combine the games into the same client, then they just ghosted that idea and the during that period of time the the rumor was always that the map, the new map, was going to be that snowy, big map from Cold War that they did all of the pseudo-battle royales in. Which in would have been War. really fucking cool. Let's so, be real. No, oh, it would have been great. <laughs> so so the fact that those t- two things were kind of rumored at the same time and they both got ghosted at the same time makes me think that there was some real, there was a real kerfuffle between these company, between these outfits within the company, between these dev teams, I think that there might have been some political things going on, and something happened to stop maybe Treyarch becoming more involved in Warzone. I don't know, man. Something happened though, because this Verdansk 1984 bullshit. It, I'm not buying it. This, there's no way this was their plan all along to wait three years and then give us this half-assed reskin well, one year one year warzone's been out for two years hasn't it no 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 one year Didn't it come out in 2019 when, this is actually technically like it's one year anniversary man it feels so much longer that's crazy <laughs> yeah it's pretty insane man <laughs> that goes to show you this whole fucking uh covid apocalypse what it's done to the psyche of the American. <laughs> the last year feels like it's been two years. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because, dude, everything sucks right now. Mm-hmm. There is nothing with high energy. It's so disappointing. <laughs> it is. And uh, Jeff Kaplan even, agrees even, with you. And that's why he ditched Blizzard. The final OG <laughs> of Blizzard just bounces. Yeah. It's like, I'm done. I mean, I know you haven't seen it probably yet, and I know we're going to review it, but like Mortal Kombat, it disappointed. Oh, it man. sucked. It's just, it's like, I needed you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you <laughs> Yeah, I've not seen it yet. Uh, probably going to watch it. Maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. Definitely watching it soon, but. I'm very cyberpunk sucked. No Warzone map. Mortal Kombat sucked. What's next? (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what doesn't suck. And that is mainly because it's an old game that just got remastered and it's called Near Replicant. And goddamn, is that game awesome. So, uh, and you know what? Not only that, it has a God tier engine. I am playing that game at 4K. 
on high graphic settings and getting 60 FPS lock. That doesn't happen on any game except Rocket League. <laughs> this <laughs> game it, is pulls it that off. big of a graphically demanding game. I mean, it, it has graphics on par with like Witcher Three. Like, it, I'm not. It doesn't have like state of the art like top tier 2021 graphics, but it definitely has like state of the art 2014 graphics, and maybe even a little bit better. Bad. It's not bad. No, dude, and my 1070 can't push any power 4K-wise for any game, really, except for Rocket League, and this is the first one where it's like, oh, dude, it's chewing this up and spitting it out, and that is really nice to see right oh. now, given you can't buy a fucking video card in 2021, so getting a game that's new, kind of, newish that runs like that is just fucking awesome. And speaking of games that uh, uh, don't put a physical tax on a graphics card. Uh, what's it called? Uh, First Class Trouble. What? That game's that game's actually pretty fun. It's like Among Us, but with Sims graphics. And the aesthetic is like communist Russia astron- astronaut type shit. <laughs> That's <laughs> weird. That's the second time I've heard that description and... I'm sold. <laughs> I just imagine a Sims character with like a Russian cosmonaut hat on, just like stabbing some random person in the back with like. Well, it's not like that. Animations it's, from like the 1990s. That's not what it yeah. looks like. <laughs> well, you're in space. You're like in like this weird space station colony thing. And uh, okay. There's these synth bots, essentially. They're called, I forget what they're called. There's something like synth bots, and they look just like humans and you. And there, I think there's one or two of you, kind of like the imposters on Among Us that spawn every game. And your job is to figure out if if you're not the the synthoid or whatever is to um, try to take them out before they kill everybody. But it's it's you it's different than Among Us because well one it's 3D <laughs> and it's uh, you can actually go up to people and interact with them. So they have tasks that they you physically can see them doing, and you can grab them to prevent them from doing stuff. You can pick up items and throw them at them and knock them out. You can, if they're like right next to a balcony or a pool or stairs, or uh, they go into an airlock to do something, you can close the airlock and get them out of the ship or push them into the pool or push them off a fucking balcony, you know? (laughs) So it's pretty fun. And the only, the only thing is, is, and this is a problem with a lot of these games, is there they look really fun when you see people playing them because they have all their friends that are playing with them Mm -hmm. but when you're going in with randos it can be uh yeah be pretty treacherous i ran into a bunch of dudes cosplaying as our our, our role-playing as um women Uh, and uh, (laughs) and when i opened my when i opened my mic and they found out I was a man and not willing to cooperate with their role playing demands. They all like turned on me, even though I was a good guy. <laughs> they fucking killed me. <laughs> so it's a very strange game. Uh, yeah, I, I, you might have just unsold me with that anecdote, uh, broadcaster Nichols. But uh, hey, it's a fun time. Yeah, actually, it it does sound like more fun than Among Us. I watched a bunch of Among Us videos and I. I don't know. There was just something about it I didn't didn't vibe with. But uh, I think I might give the Russian cosmonaut version a chance. 
Motherland appreciates your your donation. <laughs> yeah. They should bundle that game with like Command and Conquer Red Alert. <laughs> so that'd be some next level thinking from the market. Get Michael Ironside in here immediately. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And uh, speaking of Michael Ironside, he has a small but pivotal role in the new action movie Nobody that you're going to love. <laughs> oh, does he? Yeah. All right, now I gotta watch it. <laughs> he, he, dude, it's a really small small role. He's in like three scenes total, and there's one specific scene where it's just like. You'll love it. It's classic Michael Ironside, but uh, yeah, that's a great movie. That's uh, it's and it's funny too because when I first saw it, I didn't realize it, but it is made by the original creator of John Wick. Like this is his like, I'm gonna fix the mistakes I made with my original creation and make kind of a new and improved version. That's kind of what that movie is. Nobody, and. Huh. Uh, yeah, so you can't even call it a ripoff because it's the same dude. So he's if you want to call it a ripoff, you're saying he ripped his own thing off, which is ridiculous. So, well, I mean, I mean, that might be what he's doing, but whatever. <laughs> is that really bad? There, there are common, there are common threads for sure, but you can tell that he thought it out more. Like John Wick is more cartoony, and uh, nobody is much more like grounded and has more of like a born identity. Uh, vein running through it. It's so weird. Really good. Bob Odenkirk doing a porn identity movie. <laughs> I went into it thinking it was going to be like a spoof when I saw Bob Odenkirk because he's a comedian. You know what I mean? He's from Mr. Show. That's what I know him from. And then yeah, eventually sure. Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. But either way, he's always a comedic actor for, from my perspective. So when I saw that, I went into it thinking, oh, this is going to be the space balls of action movies. Oh, no. And Bob Odenkirk pulls off a, a crazy badass CIA, CIA spook way better than you would expect. But, uh, yeah, can't Bob say... Bob Odenkirk should definitely be in a, the new space balls if that ever happens. That would be great. You should. <laughs> that's, that's a true statement there. And then another excellent uh small but pivotal role is christopher lloyd uh is the dad of bob odenkirk in this movie and and oh my god there is a moment in this movie that's one of them i could not have smiled any more wider seeing christopher lloyd perform an action in this movie where you're just like i feel like i needed to see this before i died i just got that (laughs) checkbox you know checked (laughs) it's like this is something that needed to happen but yeah great movie um that being said, Broadcaster Nichols, we have another great movie that we're going to be previewing tonight, or so we hope, called Army of the Dead. Are you ready to hashtag restore the Snyderverse into a zombie movie that takes place in Las Vegas? That'd be dope, dude. All the zombie DC characters fucking just like fighting in like an MMA style <laughs> tournament. That'd be dope, dude. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? You want more crack seller? <laughs> this is good. Join your lords on Twitter at the crack seller and facebook.com slash the crack seller. Hey, you over there. Are you a straight up Chad or a strong woman? Well, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and your favorite podcasting app. Or if you're a straight up beta cuck, find us on YouTube with the rest of the cloud chasers. And we're back with our preview of Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Broadcaster Nichols, when you first heard of this movie, 
Did you think it was going to be a reboot or remake of the uh, Sam Raimi Army of the Dead? No. I didn't think that for a fucking second. As soon as I saw the uh, the color palette in Las Vegas, <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh, this is like uh, that uh, Brad Pitt movie. Mm. It's going to be like that Brad Pitt movie. Yes. Mm. <laughs> and then and then what do you know? These are normal zombies. These are smarter. I was like, oh, it's like the Brad Pitt movie. <laughs> You're talking about fear and loathing. Brad Pitt movies, fear and loathing. We talking about you mean De- I'm talking about oh, that's Johnny Depp, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Zombie movie. <laughs> I was I actually I mean, there are some zombies in that movie, but not the yeah. same kind of zombies. <laughs> I honestly, the color palette reminded me of fear and loathing a little bit. But, you know, Daisy, you know, I, I can go with Daisy, too, a little bit, I guess. I barely yeah. remember Daisy anymore. They just had like swarm like zombies that like yeah. crawled up walls and fucking came at people like waves of water. <laughs> it was kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, and uh, man, smart zombies, the twist you never saw coming, unless you saw Ghosts of Mars starring our man Ice Cube. True, man. They pioneered the smart zombies, and now Zack Snyder's, he's getting on board with the concept, like that scene with the blood pool, with like the leader of the zombies kissing his bitch, I'm like, oh, this is Ghosts of Mars all the way. Dude, that'd be so dope if he like made a connection to Ghost of Mars. <laughs> and an maybe Ice Cube, cube will just show old, up at the end. <laughs> an old haggard Ice Cube with a scar through his eyes, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> knock, knock, open up the doors. <laughs> oh, too soon. Too soon. Yeah. Rest, rest in, in power. power. <laughs> <laughs> so Snyder, Zack Snyder goes from HBO to Max to Netflix in a one month period. Isn't that quite the uh, interesting turnabout this is a netflix movie it is yeah you didn't know that that makes a lot more sense to me now because Mm. the movie immediately looked cheesy to me like more than i would expect from Zack snyder like it actually kind of looked uh i don't know like hokey in a little bit because netflix has all kinds of money to throw at stuff and i've seen stormy watch a lot of trash that has a really high budget (laughs) (laughs) high budget trash yeah and it's just impressive to see how bad the dot like the writing and the acting is and when i see uh dave basista i think that's his name right Mm -hmm. yeah he's funny like he's had a couple good roles i'm not throwing him under the bus or anything but it's not a really good serious actor and all the movies he's really been in, like I have never been super impressed with him. Seeing him as a starring role, and also like trying to pull off this ghost, of, like you said, ghost of bars, like a cult zombie leadership type stuff. It's I don't know, like Ooh. it's gonna have it's gonna have to be like really fucking good. Like Snyder's, Snyder's well, gonna have to pull a rabbit out of his ass with this one to impress me. I'm not gonna lie. Well, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think we have. And I'm really tired of zombies, too. Like, I'm just after, like, is this like, you can just, like, be dumb with that for 10, 15 years. The Walking Dead really stole the spirit of humanity when it comes to zombies. Like, I, I feel like it sucked the soul straight out of us, and we no longer have the appetite as a. Well, yeah, that's what happens when you, you take a hit genre and stretch it over a 
years on a television series. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, man, I really got to give a quick shout out to Fear of the Walking Dead. That show is good, and it's so much better than the actual Walking Dead now that it's almost a joke. When I when I wa- watch the actual flagship Walking Dead show, I feel like I'm watching some weird high school, like glee in the walking dead apocalypse type show now like all the characters are like strong women and just like oh we're it's like woke it's super woke fear of the walking dead is actually like the walking dead was in its early seasons you mean like genuinely diverse naturally diverse genuinely diverse and also it fucking shit happens in every episode in The Walking Dead, it sometimes nothing happens for like four episodes straight. Yeah, You're like, what the fuck is this show at this point? That's why I gave up with that show. Fear the Walking Dead goes out of its way to be interesting every episode. Like there's shit happening in every episode. And I just, I, it's weird that I, I feel like I should That's say this. That's the one that this. started out on the cruise ship, right? It started out in LA when the oh. zombie apocalypse first happened. And then the second season was on the cruise ship. But, uh, the, I mean, Fear of the Walking Dead had one bad season, uh, like, a couple years ago, but every other season was good, and this newest season is just, like, really good, and it's sad, because I doubt anyone's even watching it, because they're probably just yeah, like, how good. can Fear of the Walking Dead be good <laughs> if The Walking Dead sucks so much? That's what you would think logically, but, you know, it's not What's the case. What's the problem with having spinoffs running while the main series is still going, mm-hmm. right? Like, wasn't the idea of a spinoff, like, trying to pick up on something that was put put down for a while. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, uh, a tie-in with Fear the Walking Dead, uh, John Dory, who is a, like a gunslinging cowboy. You got to clear? What? <laughs> is that him? <laughs> no. He's a gunslinging cowboy that entered the show when the show moved to Texas, and it's like third or fourth fourth. Se- Third or fourth season, I forget when they went to Texas, but he showed up when they made that transition, uh, and he is in Army of the Dead. He's in the trailer, actually. He has a line at the very end of the trailer where he, he uh, they see the zombie tiger, and he's like, oh, that, that crosses the line. The guy who says that that crosses the line, that's John Dory from Fear of the Walking Dead. Huh. But, uh... Well, congratulations. He's going to be typecasted <laughs> as a zombie actor. <laughs> uh, so, so we don't think Batista's a good actor then? I mean, <laughs> I don't want to say that. When you, when you type You're just afraid John, he's going to show up at your house. Like, what'd you say about me on your podcast? <laughs> I just want to, I just want to say when you Google John Dory. Uh... I don't mean to throw shade on John Dory or anything, but uh, uh, his acting career doesn't come up at all. No, John nope. Dory's the name of the character. Oh, that he plays. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah, a fish comes up. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think John the, the, actor, the name of a fish. I, I think the, the actor's name is like Garrett Dillahunt. I believe. Oh. I could. Gotcha. I could be wrong about that, but I think it's Garrett Dillahunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he plays John Dory in Fear of the Walking Dead. And he, I mean, he's the best character in that show. And uh, so I'm glad that he's at least caught the eye of Zack Snyder and got a role in this movie. 
It's really interesting to see Zack Snyder just come back out of nowhere. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to do the Snyderverse cut, and then I'm going to make a fucking new uh, Day of the Dead, or what's that? What, I guess, what do you call that whole series? Oh, shit, he did the make Dead. Day of the Dead, didn't he? Yeah. I forgot but, about that. This isn't his first zombie movie. No, but what the oh, universe is it's shit. in. I for, I'm, I'm trying to think, like... Uh, the dead's the dead universe, if you will, I guess. But <laughs> well, it's the same universe. The Night of the Living Dead started, right? Yeah, the old well, school Night of the Living night, Dead. Night, day. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a third one. I don't know. Yeah, I, I was never a huge fan of that series, but I know what you're talking about. That's interesting. I didn't realize Zack Snyder took that universe over. I was thinking that he kind of created his own, but I guess you're right. Yeah, Zack Snyder's kind of a love it or hate it guy. I love it, man. I love all of his movies. I don't think there's a single movie he's ever made that I outright dislike. Like my least favorite of his movies is definitely Batman versus Superman. But I've heard that that got hacked up just as much as Justice League did. So now I'm not even sure if that's really his fault at this point. It's interesting. Yeah. Oh, he did Dawn of the Dead. That's what it is. That so was what, okay. Night, Day, Dawn got it and now he's doing army Mm. yeah i think john cena is the best currently acting wrestling actor i think john cena is actually better than the rock a little bit i think the rock is i but he's a little overhyped and a little overcredited when people talk about how great the rock is i'm kind of like i mean he's i but I mean, I I smell what The Rock is cooking. I grew up watching him wrestle in the WWE. I think that's a completely different person. But yeah, you know, like yeah. the the actor version of The Rock, I don't think it's anything special. I actually think John Cena is legitimately he has like an X factor to the way he acts. He does. I'm really excited to see that new Suicide Squad with him in it, just because like he has this thing I've seen in a few. Like there's this movie he was in called Blockers which is basically him playing like a a parent of a teenage girl trying to like cock block his daughter on prom night. It's fucking hilarious. He was great in it. And yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that one's where he does the butt chug. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. That movie was fucking great. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking hilarious. Well, broadcaster Nichols, I think we're coming from a different place on this trailer because you think that it's cheesy and you think that it's low budget or I don't know what you think, but you're not feeling it. See, there's a few th- key things I saw in this movie. One, chainsaws. Two, airstrikes. Three, Kenny motherfucking Rogers. And four, zombie tigers. Kenny Rogers is dead. (laughs) Those are the four pillars of power, my friend. On, On those four pillars, this movie shall rest high. I'd rather have him announce... collab with Caitlyn Jenner (laughs) then see this movie (laughs) damn I was kidding I hated that (laughs) I thought he did that was a good delivery because I really believe that so I'm like dude he must have just like hit this hit him different than me (laughs) what happened no I'm just I'm I'm so impartial with zombie movies like I'm just he couldn't move the needle with me I'm just not impressed well it's funny because there's all these classic zombie movies that, like, if you ask, like, 
zombie aficionados like what the best zombie movies are they'll have like this scripted list of like night of the living dead and like these classics and shit honestly ghosts of mars is one of my favorite zombie movies of all time (laughs) and it's not looked kindly upon like if you look at the reviews and like the general sentiment most people are kind of meh on it i fucking loved that movie so when i saw this the style of zombies in this trailer i'm just like hmm Zack snyder might be making a zombie movie for me and not for thee That'd be dope, dude, if there was like a a reverse doom type premise going on and there's like zombies (laughs) on Earth and they're making a portal to Mars. (laughs) Then it's just like a cut to Ghosts of Mars. That would be tight. That would be tight. (laughs) Uh, But uh, you know what won't be tight? Uh, That's going to be our review of Malcolm Spellman's The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Broadcaster Nichols. It's going to be loose, I think. A little loose and a little to the right. What do you think? Are you describing the series? <laughs> but first, we have to give our thumbs up, our thumbs down, or the dreaded side thumb, Broadcaster Nichols. We can't forget that important part of our preview diet. What say my you? My thumb. Hold on a second. Let me see if my thumb can fit into a beer can opening. <laughs> and it can't. It's too fat. Too thick. Too thick. <laughs> Got a thick thumb, dude. What can I say? My thumb's just thick. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is that a thumbs down? <laughs> I'm trying to decipher that. It's a... It's a... Mm, it's a thinking man's thumb, you know? It's kind of... <laughs> It's out there. <laughs> I give it a thumbs up. It's not that bad. <laughs> when you said that, I immediately imagined Thumb Wars. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> so thank you. And you bring stuff. that back. <laughs> Such a classic. People talk about like the Christmas special and all that bullshit. <laughs> Fuck that. It's all about Thumb Wars. They're so creepy, though. Like looking <laughs> back, just, I was like, "How did I not get more creeped out about they, these guys?" Honestly, <laughs> they, they're all—they all look like child molesters. Like all these thumbs in this thumb wars, they how all you, look like. Child how do you not look like a chimo <laughs> when your eyeballs and mouth are superimposed on a thumb? Ah, <laughs> uh, broadcaster Nichols. On that note, are you ready to get to our review of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I am. And we're back with our review of Malcolm Spellman's The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And the creator of this TV miniseries describes it as the following. Following the events of Avengers Endgame, Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes team up in a global adventure that tests their abilities and their patience. Oh my god, Broadcaster Nichols. Usually I start things off with these reviews, but we're going to have to pull an audible here. I need you to start us off because I just want to kill myself right now. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, starring a young black man named Anthony Mackie with the wings that will give him freedom with long, <laughs> along with his people while putting down his best friend given to him by another white man steve rogers bucky barnes this man has an arm 
made of black people metal. It's called vibranium. (laughs) (laughs) It comes from Wakanda. There's a lot of it underground. I mean, a lot of it. So much that my man, Dr. Doom, enslaves that whole fucking nation and takes it from him and makes an army of Doom bots. Mm. That's later, though. Maybe never going to happen because, you know, of the implications. But is that good enough? (laughs) (laughs) no i mean the series is it's accurate enough in the comic sense where i can't be mad at the choices that were made but i hate how they used them they use these actual accurate stories and the irony is rich because like people have been asking for more accurate representations of the comics and not like smudging them up so much and they actually finally do that they almost have like a 90 percent accurate storyline with bucky barnes and sam wilson and the whole captain america shield thing but they use it as a political prop Mm. and it just kind of I just don't get how these these directors and these writers don't get it yet. It's just like keep politics out of your shit. Yeah, it's that simple. It's just, and it, I think it's the weight that kills the series. It truly I, is. I have never, too many parallels. I've never seen such blatant political propaganda in a <laughs> television show in my entire life. It was really, really bad, but I'm just going to put that aside for now and just say, even without the the age-like milk political stuff that they put into this show, it's not a good show regardless. It was obviously... Well, you know how I feel about Anthony Mackie. Yeah. He's this, not the greatest actor. He's not the greatest actor, and I think this was his worst performance of all time. And he's already not a good actor, so that tells you what we're talking about. Not going to lie, though. He's got... He, He's had a lot of pressure put on him. Hmm. He had to replace Robocop. <laughs> and now he has to replace Captain America. That's yeah. put a lot on this man. Uh, it's true. And uh, I actually liked him in a sci-fi movie uh, called Synchronic that just came out on Netflix. And I think that's probably his best acting performance he's ever done. This it's is so funny because I saw that. <laughs> I saw the thumbnail of that on Netflix and I just... I didn't even attempt to watch it because it was Anthony Mackie, and now you're telling me it's his best. It is best work yet. <laughs> well, that's not a high bar to swing across, as you know, but it is his best work for sure. It's it's a good movie, but he felt he seemed like he was a hostage in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. With his delivery, his delivery was so wooden. I feel like someone had a gun behind the camera pointed at his him, and then two guards pointing him at his family while he was filming his yeah. scenes. It was bizarre. <laughs> Dude, I like how you say wooden. Like the one scene where he's at his house or his sister's house and Bucky's leaving down the road after the conversation and he and they're having like this walk away montage scene. Not montage, that's inaccurate, but just you know what I'm talking about when yeah. they're they're parting ways down the dirt road and he's walking back to the house and he has the Captain America shield. When he's like you can clearly see he's like puffing up his chest and like keeping his shoulders broad. It's like this really weird stick up your ass walk. <laughs> and it was just like that mm-hmm. seems like, it's like an analogy for the whole his whole acting in the series. Oh, for sure. And 
it's not just his acting that's bad in this. I think that the acting overall in this show is really bad. There are a few characters that are good, good acting. One is Nero, or is his name Nemo? Zemo. Zemo, okay. Yeah. Zemo. He is the bear in Zemo. Yeah, he was good. His acting was good. Uh, whoever that special agent that took uh, the evil Captain America at the end, Louis Dr- uh, Dreyfus. Sharon Carter? Oh. No, Louis oh, Marie yeah. Dreyfus or whatever her name is, the chick from Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, she was she her acting was good. I think her character was dumb and the writing was dumb that she had to do. But I, her acting delivery was good. She was barely in the show, though. Agent Carter is one of the worst characters slash actresses slash writing. The whole package was so bad with that character. Everything she had to do with the show. I it's cringed really just at. a throwaway character. Oh, it was so bad. And they tried to, like, make her pivotal, and it was so, yeah. like, oh, shut the fuck up. It That's one of my main gripes with the series, honestly, is, and I hope it turns out to be, like, a, a psych or something like that, because she is not the power broker. <laughs> okay, good. Like, like, the power broker is actually, a re- like, an established character with a name, and it's kind of just, like, a, gr- a grave injustice just to throw away the power broker as, like, some, like, term she made up. Temporarily in Madripoor, you know, like it's—I don't know—it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It's, it, it felt like the Mandal- the the Mandarin, and a mm-hmm. couple other things all over again. Like they're just doing this on purpose. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it, it goes beyond that. I am a huge fan of Bucky Barnes and Winter Soldier. I one of my favorite MCU movies is Captain America Two. I loved Captain America 2, and to see what they have done to his character in this show was heartbreaking. This The entire arc with Bucky Barnes in this show is just like, uh, it, it must be like if, if uh, Bruce Jenner had a son, and <laughs> Bruce Jenner's son all of a sudden watched his dad transition to a woman in front of him and decide to run for, you know, governor of California. That must be how the average fan of the winter soldier feels as he watches this show and just sees this character cut off at the knees, drawn and quartered basically for his masculinity, just like ultimate cuckery. Like I could not believe what they did to that character. And you can tell that, uh, what's the name of the actor who plays Winter Soldier? Sebastian, uh, Sebastian Stan. Stan, yeah. You can tell that he knew it. He knew the writing was bad. He knew what they were doing with the character, and he just threw, he just phoned in his performance. It was phoned in as hell. The the whole series is just it's just indicative of the the departure of the old talent that's happening. You know, like you can clearly see where it's all going, like this push to make Sam Wilson Captain America so fast. Like they skipped over the years and years of other stories where the shield passed to Bucky Barnes and other things like that before Sam Wilson ever touched it, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's other factors like. Making Sharon Carter, the power broker when it's a well-known male character, you know, it's like, it's, there's these moves. 
Yeah. Where yeah. you're just like, okay, I get it. Out with the old, in with the new. Women are good. We got a black Captain America. The white Winter Soldier, who is an evil person, is repenting for his crimes. <laughs> That's culturally relevant. <laughs> cough, cough. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like you can't. You only can shove so much of that down people's throats until people start really looking at the meat on the bones. Yeah. You know, and that's a problem when there's not a lot of meat on the bones and you're giving a bunch of people reasons to look for that shit. I think the show, it it just, the show suffers from this like melancholy of fucking political strife. Mm -hmm. Like not at one point are you really like, uh, what's the way swept away into the Marvel universe. How could every, Every tick of every episode, you're just like, you're right. Black people are oppressed. You're <laughs> right. Zemo is a fucking German piece of shit. <laughs> you know, like what? However, they're what is he? Uh, Sokovian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're right. He is Sokovian piece of shit. Wow, Wakandans are so cool and technologically advanced. Tony Stark's dead. Fucking stupid white man. Now they're the technological giants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like it's so obvious what they're trying to do. Oh yeah. And it, it just the the only thing I was actually really surprised with in the series is that they actually gave Sam Wilson uh, a very comic comic accurate Captain America suit. Yeah, because I always thought it was super cheesy in the comics, and they gave him like this straight up costume. <laughs> and it looks terrible. <laughs> it this it looks terrible. It, this is like a high budget soap opera is what this show felt like it all the acting was soap opera esque the storylines were soap opera esque the blunt like the bluntness I think of Wyatt, writing Wyatt, Wyatt Russell took it though I think he was my favorite part of the show the you know it's UF funny Asian. you say that because when the first episode happened, he shows up at the very end of the first episode, just his face. You don't really know who he is, but you just see him. And I remember thinking, oh, God, he he looks like a Goomba. This is going to be great. <laughs> he, ended, like Goomba. <laughs> he ended up being my probably favorite or second favorite part of the show. I really like Zemo, too. Like when he when the third episode where they were like going clubbing and shit, that shit was cool. <laughs> that yeah, was, that was funny. But. But yeah, like uh, I did end up liking him more than I thought I would. But the the title characters were just like a fucking train wreck. And I think it's I think it's really is because all the main characters had to adhere to a certain type of dialogue. You know, it's like you're the main characters. You guys have to prop up these agendas and mm-hmm. these you know, these talking points. It's just, it was boring. Like it was, it was really boring. <laughs> most of the, like 90% of the show was just super boring. There was way too much exposition that wasn't needed. And then there was like missing stuff. Like, it's so weird how bloated the, the middle of this show felt. And then when you went, go from episode five to six, you feel like they cut something out. Like the, the transition from episode five to six is so it was rushed. Oh my yeah. god. The fact that they started the episode out even before the title shows up with the fight between US Agent and uh Winter Soldier and Captain America is just or Falcon at that point. I don't know what he's called at that point, but nonetheless yeah. it's like I I was really surprised with that. I'm like, damn, they did the fight and then they did the intro. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you think that uh, 
the part where um, God, what's his name? John Walker's uh, White Russell's character um, was in the courtroom getting uh, dishonorably discharged. You, that kind of reminded me of Snake Eater a little bit, the way he's just standing there. Yeah. <laughs> he's like looking at those fuckers <laughs> in contempt. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I did what you paid me to do, and I did it well. <laughs> <laughs> it was cheesy, like most of the show, but it was it was at least the good kind of cheesy. Did you ever see Wyatt Russell in Overlord? You know, I didn't. That was one of those movies that I was ready to watch, and then just something mm-hmm. happens, and it just fell off my radar, and I never got to it. It's a great fucking movie. Yeah, great fucking movie. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll try and bump that back up to the list, top of the list, because it looked good. I remember when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, "Ooh," but it just slipped off. Uh, one thing that was really surprising to me in this show, I mean, the, like the woke politics. I almost always expect woke politics now from anything involving a Disney property, but man, the CG being so bad was shocking like that. I didn't expect. Can you believe how bad the CG was in that final episode where it shows like captain Falcon fly into the skyscraper? Did you see, did you notice that scene where it shows I didn't him flying? How bad. I was I was so disappointed by everything else. I probably just didn't notice. Oh, dude, it it, it lasts like a split second. But the CG they do in that second is. Are you so... talking about when he flies through the helicopter? No, 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 no. It's like he flies into the skyscraper to attack some crony, I think, or something. I don't remember exactly, but he flies into the skyscraper. It's a one second CG animation, and it is. It looks like something out of 2004 like it was really bad like you know the doom movie with the rock and uh carl urban (laughs) is like that level of cg dude that's a great movie (laughs) it was but that movie came out in like oh five you know what i'm saying (laughs) like from disney you don't expect shit like that and when i saw that i was like wow that's actually a great example of when the rock was good it you was look at movies yeah. like Doom. It was a terrible movie, but great fucking Scorpion movie King? at the same time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, that was a terrible movie. <laughs> I don't know. I like the original Scorpion King. Oh, the original Scorpion King. Yeah. What is? Did he? He didn't. There was a there was a second one or something. Ooh. It was terrible. <laughs> I remember. And then it it did spin. There was like a Scorpion King three and four. I think oh, that God. didn't have Are you kidding it. me? Yeah, oh, it was bad. I only saw the first one. I liked the first one, but it was yeah. it was a dumb movie. But it was like a fun dumb movie. I like those. You know, just kind of like uh, uh, Willy's Wonderland. That's kind of what I look at as a Scorpion King sort of that type of movie. I think what happened was is when he stopped using the people's eyebrow. Yep. I just lost faith. I was like, that's not the man I knew. I think I heard that he he stopped using the people's eyebrow because it's copyrighted by Vince McMahon. I actually heard that that's a real a real thing. And that's some real villainous shit that I can appreciate. Yeah, he was gonna have to pay Vince McMahon like a royalty and all this shit, and he's like, Nope, I'm not gonna do it, and he stopped doing it. So that's why. That's also, crazy. why he stopped going by the rock because you know in the Scorpion King he was credited as the Rock, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. So he stopped calling himself himself the Rock because I think Vince McMahon owns that name too. <laughs> so well, uh, he yeah, probably was still under some WWF contract as well. So he probably was obli- He was 
Maybe. probably legally allowed to use those trademarks because he wasn't like Maybe. actually still playing the character. But I'll tell you right now, Vince McMahon is the closest thing we have to a Lex Luthor in this world. That's what <laughs> no I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, how's that guy doing? Is he alive no, still? He, he's still alive. I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to wrestle next week. Like Vince McMahon's a fucking, he's a monster. I don't know what really? got into that <laughs> individual, but... Yeah, Vince McMahon was old when I was a kid. He's like, he's still like the same age. Like, it's weird when you look at him, you're like, you basically look the same age as when I was 10. That's not right. That's what TRT and fucking Young Boy's Blood pumping you on the weekly Adrenochrome, Vince McMahon. Yeah. Uh, I always laugh when people say that's not true. It's very true. Oh, God. All you have to do is do a fucking two second Google search and you just find like a billion accredited sources saying it's a real thing. Everyone's like, conspiracy. Oh, my God. It's like, which part? The adrenochrome? The, the fact that they're pumping other people's blood into them to stay youthful or the TRT? Which one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I guess. Worst comic book villain of all time. Like, let's let's do a thought experiment right now. We've both read a lot of comic books. Most of the ones I read are old, and most of the ones you've read are new. So we kind of both read comics, but different eras of comics. So, like, putting our combined knowledge here together, like, who is the worst comic book villain of all time, and... How in the hell are they worse than the Flag Smashers in this show? Because I cannot imagine a villain being worse than these impotent, retarded, douchebag... Like, I can't even believe how dumb these villains are. I have never rolled my eyes harder at a comic book villain in my life than the Flag (laughs) Smashers. Yeah, well, I don't think they're really... It's hard to say, to be honest, because there's so many different villains out there can you think of anyone worse in your entire history of reading comics and watching comic book properties can you think of a worse villain than the flag smashers it's funny because the flag smasher is actually a villain in the comics he's actually an individual oh shit really (laughs) yeah and it's a male oh that's the fact that they turned him into a group and a female leader is another talking point there of (laughs) But uh, uh, I don't know. Can't think of anything. I, I imagine there is, but I can't think of any. <laughs> I can't think of any. Like I honestly can't. Like I, I racked my brain thinking earlier today because I was just curious. I'm like, I've seen so much comic book shit. There has to be someone worse than this I can think of. And I, I racked my brain. I can't think of any worse villains like these are the lamest villains of all time. The leader, Carly, is just like, what the fuck? Every line she utters is 100% unadulterated cringe. Yeah. They they have no power. They have no nothing. Like, they took a superhero, ser- like, superpower serum to become little, like, little mini Captain Americas. They do nothing but, like... Yeah, they don't do anything to demonstrate it. It's no. super weird. And, and, like, all the fight scenes... 
you would think that because you know that these people aren't trained fighters, they're just these douchebags that took a fucking superhero serum, you would think that they would have really extreme power but not really have skills in fighting. So you would see them doing really amateurish looking stuff, but that just damage is really high because they have these superhero powers, right? Instead, they, like, try and paint Carly like Bruce Lee. Like, they show her, like, doing, like, double vault jumps off of scaffolding and doing jump kicks against fucking Winter... Was it Captain America or Winter Soldier? I forget who. But the point is, they totally flipped what they should have done with the whole premise of these characters. Like, you're gonna tell me that this little intern for the power broker was, like, Bruce Lee, black belt fucking karate master bull fucking shit is just some chick who took a superhero just make her do dumb stuff that looks dumb but is powerful because she took a fucking drug it's (laughs) basic writing they wrote everything backwards in the show it's super lame i was super at one point i was hoping that they were going to have like a good fight scene with carly where it's going to like demonstrate her power but (laughs) at one point did they ever do it and they also like the morality of Carly is all over the place. Like she, her character was not consistent no. at all. Like at one point there was a scene where, and you can tell because the camera cut to the gun and focused on this feat of strength, if you will. So they get to those armored trucks at one point in the series. Right. Mm-hmm. And they pull the guard, the armored guard or the guard out and he has a pistol and the camera focuses in on this hand grab of the pistol and she splits it in half. Right. Like that's, I, and at first when I saw the scene, I was like, all right, is that supposed to be like, uh, showcasing her strength or is that supposed to be some play on like, she doesn't need guns or something like that. And then like five minutes later, somebody hands her a gun, like, and she tucks it in her back. Like she needs it. Mm-hmm. And it just it's just kind of weird. I'm like, you guys used a gun as a, pro, a bro, uh, to bro, a broke a gun in half as a prop to showcase her strength. And then five minutes later, have a character hand her a gun as if she needs to rely on that prop, mm-hmm. her strength. It just it was super weird to me. <laughs> I noticed it immediately. I was like, you guys have like conflicting. Uh, what's the word? I'm like. When they're trying to show the audience what this character is about, like there's just so many conflictions. Like I don't like she's strong. Like look at this, but then look at this, and it, it illustrates the exact opposite. I'm a good person, but I'll just fucking throw some dude against a pillar and break his back and kill him. You know, like <laughs> yeah. out of nowhere because I'm angry. And like then she set that van on fire. Mm-hmm. It was so quickly, but then she was callous at that point. It was like, I don't care. It's for the greater good. It's like, damn, she's just like foot on the gas pedal now. She's yeah. <laughs> well, every every line she utters is so cringy. Like, I thought that they couldn't get any cringier with her after episode. Uh, was it five or four where she just had like her little cringe monologue? I forget which, but in the final episode, evil Captain America shows up to get revenge for his friend that she killed. Which is fucking awesome. That was a great scene. That that was. (laughs) But her line in it was so cringe. Like, he shows up and she's like, I didn't mean to kill your friend. 
I love what you. Yes, you did. We saw the fucking scene, dude. You fucking. Of course, you meant to kill him. It's so stupid. It's like it's like this whole like uh, like wolf in sheep's clothing act that's like so transparent that like it couldn't be more transparent and then like once he doesn't buy it she like does her little like smile like oh yeah i was lying hi i didn't mean to kill him and then she like retreats or whatever it was that whole scene was just like wow you couldn't you could not make this character any more cringe and you found a way to do it (laughs) you found a way yeah it's, it's all of that man like her fighting U.S. agent and then having that phone call with uh, Bucky Barnes. Oh, that phone call! That was, was so, so pointless. She's like, oh. the way it ended. She's like, okay, well, thanks for answering the phone call. Bye. It's like, what a throwaway scene. Like, what mm-hmm. did you expect? He <laughs> yeah. was gonna fucking convince your your adversaries at the final moment with some throwaway conversation that you're. <laughs> yeah. It what it says to me is that the creator of this show saw Die Hard and knew the power of a conversation on the phone, but didn't understand that you actually have to put something worth listening to on the phone for it to yeah. have power. Because it definitely was throwaway is the operative word. It was throwaway. Much like the majority of the show. This whole series was just used as a political prop. It was it, Captain America in the one of the most ironic things I've ever seen in my life. Captain America has been co-opted to spread globalism, communism, socialism. That that is literally exactly what Captain America stood up against in the original run of Captain America. He was an anti-communist superhero, and he, they they literally co-opted him and subverted him to do the opposite in this television series. And it's, we need to ask why they're coming over the borders. We need to do better. Oh, that in that fucking final speech in that last episode by him. There were so many speeches in the show. Wasn't there broadcaster Nichols? There were quite a few speeches, weren't there? I I think the only one I actually liked was Don Cheadle's just because it was so cutthroat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In the first (laughs) episode. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, Hey buddy, how you doing? He's like, yeah, not bad. bad." He's like, Hey, let's go on a walk real quick. And then he like go takes him down like black history month lane. And he's just (laughs) like, and he's just like, looks at him. He's like, yeah, you're a real piece of shit. Well, have a good day. Think about that. Bye. <laughs> I'm Don Cheadle. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah, Don Cheadle's one of those actors I love to hate. <laughs> he has moments like that all the time. But um, everyone else, though, was just. I don't know. <laughs> what about that? Did not impress me. <laughs> Dude, and can you believe that this supposedly broke the streaming record? Supposedly, this show is the most streamed show of all time. Do you believe, I believe it. that you do? Absolutely. You know oh, why? Oh, that makes me sad. You know why? Why? Because there's nothing else to watch. <laughs> I'm telling you, I keep on bringing this up. And it's just like breaking record stream numbers, blah, 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 blah. It's just like, cool. We're living in an age where everyone had been sequestered inside for a year and hasn't got anything done. Mm-hmm. So you're not really competing with much. No. Okay. It's like, tell, it's like going up. <clears throat> 
imagine someone going up to you, coming up to you and saying Warzone is the the number one BR of, of all, all time. time. <laughs> it's like it's like cool. Like I believe it. They're making two million dollars a day. Cool. I believe it. You know why? There's no competition. Yeah. No one else is trying to cut into that pie. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's astonishing. I I didn't think WandaVision was perfect, but I thought it was decent. I thought it was, it was a night and day compared to the Falcon. Yeah, Winter Soldier. When I saw WandaVision, I was like, okay, maybe I'm misjudging Disney. Maybe they're not as bad as I thought. And then this shows up, and it's right back to disney is the antichrist and holy shit am i worried about my x-men right now oh my god am i worried about that all the rage right now is like oh wolverine's gonna show up everyone wolverine is gonna be the first x-men to show up into the mcu and i'm just sitting here thinking oh fuck wolverine is gonna drink soy lattes he's gonna have a man bun and we're fucked and i'm worried (laughs) They can't do that. I don't. God. They'll have so much backlash if they're, if he's not like a whiskey drinking, cigar Dude, burning motherfucker. How, <laughs> how does this show, though, not give you pause when thinking about that? Because they took they took this show and they just turned it into a hammer, a political hammer. The show is I've never seen anything like it in my life. The the sharp political nature of this comic book show is so it's so fucking sharp like you cannot understate how deadly this is like i am surprised that i didn't see executive producer george soros credited in the credits like i i kind of half expected to see that (laughs) or a special thanks to george soros or something because this special thanks to al gore (laughs) this this like the 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 fucking flag smashers, the one world, one people. That is all straight from the fucking open world society. George Soros' oh, operation, yeah, man. Like this dude, is Captain literally... America said it. He's just like enough of this closed border stuff. You, know, you oh. just need to work harder on the on the solution. Oh <laughs> you need to, God! You need to give these people a chance. <laughs> I like how he said you people too. <laughs> he you said you people just don't get out. When I was watching, I was like, you people. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We come full circle now. Haven't we he just called a bunch of white politicians. You people. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. It's funny. Cause I remember when I was in college in the early two thousands, like I had professors that talked about like the way that pendulums shift and like the oppressors always become the oppressed. And I remember hearing that type of stuff and just being like, yeah, that's like Greek mythology or whatever. Like I'll category it back in the back of my head, but like, whatever, I'm not going to care too much about it. And then I've seen that happen the last 15 years. Like, it's so crazy to see how like we've just gone from, you know, shit's good. You know, we have black superheroes. We got fucking Blade. We got Sigourney Weaver and aliens, like a fucking badass female. Like, we have a pretty good fucking equality going on. And then all of a sudden it's like, we don't want equality. We want you in the burning hell. Yeah. Like, we want you. Like, it's crazy to see how this has happened. And this TV series, this TV miniseries is a weapon for that front big time. Big time. 
I just can't wait because they're because right now Marvel is in this really weird zone where they're just now starting to feel the the strain from getting rid of all their big name actors like Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. They're both gone. So they replaced Captain America. This was the first big move. And I don't know how well it's going to go, especially when they actually implement them in an actual movie. Uh, yeah, and the then, next Captain America movie, by the way, is being written by Malcolm Spellman, the creator of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I'm yeah. already a hard pass. I'm not watching. Yeah. I'm not going to no, watch the next. No, yeah, fuck I'm, no. I'm but good. then they're already going to, repl- they're talking about replacing um, Tony Stark with Riri Williams, which is a black young female. Ironheart. Yeah, Ironheart, who's oh. a real character, but she's a hated character. Her mm. comics suck. No one like her. She's a sociopath of an actual character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like her first comic, the first issue of her, the first pages of her are sitting in a classroom with a white male teacher, and they're all talking about what you want to be when you grow up. And she's just like, she's just like Iron Man, and everyone kind of looks at her, and they're just like, ha ha ha, and then. She looks at the teacher. She's like, "Tell me, I can't be Iron Man." And she and the white the white teachers are like, "What?" And she's like, "Tell me, I can't be Iron Man." Well, of course you can't be Iron Man. <laughs> and and she's just like, and it goes on this like feminist empowerment oh, trip. God. You're just like, "I'm gonna be the best Iron Man," and I'm female and I'm black and I'm proud. And, oh, I'm, <laughs> and then, but if you really dissect the story, it's about a narcissistic black girl who went who got into a MIT call or an Ivy league college on a grant or something like that. And she straight up steals, uh, equipment from this like tech laboratory and then manufactures her own like crude prototype Iron Man armor, kind of akin to like what Tony Stark did in like the mountains. (laughs) But it's just, it's, it's hard to explain the whole character in a short bit of time, but it's just she is not well written. Terrible storylines, not liked at all. And they're like, we're going to that's the next that's the next uh, person to hop in the suit for mm. the MCU is going to be Riri Williams. Yeah, it's like, cool. So you're passing by Rhodey his best friend that could take the spotlight for a while. Who's a black man. Uh, <laughs> or you could give iron. Uh, what's his name? Ironclad or iron boy. I forget his name, but he was already showcased in iron man three, you know, like yeah. <clears throat> they're just going to pass by him too. It's just so weird. It's gonna be jarring. Like when they finally get to this point, they're where skipping it's black straight Captain America, black <laughs> iron man, uh, Wakanda forever. Like they're they're straight up t- they're contemplating not recasting Black Panthers Chadwick uh, uh, after Chadwick died, and just letting Shuri, his sister, become Black Panther. <laughs> literally Black Panther in the comics for two weeks, ironically trying to save Black Panther, the real Black Panther T'Challa from death. Oh my god! Ironically enough, yeah, two weeks, and she was hated as Black Panther. It was super polarizing. And she was hated, not a good Black Panther at all. And they're they're just disregarding that, and they're just like, "Well, uh, we'll make her." So it's just like you, they're so blind to their diverse motive motivations that at one point in less than like a few years from now, we're gonna look back and it's gonna be like all black. <laughs> it's 
gonna be yeah. so black it's not well, even gonna be funny <laughs> i i what i find hilarious is that they're basically skipping over all of the content in between like the golden age content and yep. like the dark age content like there was this in-between period that they could have used to buffer but instead oh, there's so they're many skipping, great storylines they're skipping straight to the woke stuff that started yep. proliferating lately which has yeah. sold like garbage that has actually plunged the comic the book gar- series dude. yeah it's the comic it. the comic book industry is in the fucking dumpster on fire right now and they are deciding to take stories from that new dumpster fire instead of like these other untapped resources before they went woke and it, it like everything you. do I, what about hawkeye hawkeye series is literally about him passing the torch to a female mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just like everywhere you turn it's just like the it's like black man this woman this mm-hmm. white man bad it's just yeah. like it's it, so we're about to find out what what's going on with the with the movie industry and with the funding behind it and like all of like because they're going to stop making money like they used to. The MCU is not going to be able to sustain the numbers they were putting no. up in the golden era when they were going off of all the golden era storylines. They're not going to put numbers up anymore. So th- there's a few options here. There's either A, they don't care and it's all political and they're getting funded otherwise. So they don't care what the actual box office receipts are. Or two, they're going to see that these box office numbers are fucking horrific, and they're going to have to do a crazy about face and like try and change something before the entire industry is just done. Because this MCU bubble that we've been in for like the last, I don't know, 13 years. When did the original Iron Man come out? Was that like 08, 07? Yeah, something like that. So basically, we're in like this 13-year bubble of them just like printing money because they're going off of all the classic shit people like. They're no longer going to be doing that. Do they actually care? (laughs) Do they care about the money they make? Because everyone always likes to say, corporations only care about the money they make. (laughs) There are plenty of corporations that lose money constantly. And they don't care that they lose money because the people financing them are trying well, to put an agenda. Lose money in the short. It's a perspective of short, short term versus long term. They might be losing tons of money in the short term, but they're considering that, like, if they stay on board with this branding and this ideology, that it will pay off in the end. It will pay dividends. You know. Yeah. Well, we'll see. This is going to be a real interesting couple of years when we watch Disney release these MCU. Was it is it MCU three or MCU two? What are they calling this MCU that like this new one with all the woke characters? I think it's like phase five. Phase five. Okay, this phase five that they're doing when it when when we start to see horrible numbers, are they going to try and hide them? Are they going to say, oh well, we're not going to release movies anymore. We're just going to do Disney Plus stuff, and then oh no, they'll just do what YouTube does. Yeah. And Twitter does, and all the social media platforms. Fake they the numbers. The number. Yeah, they just hide them or fake you think them. They're gonna start faking them. Yeah, uh, we're not gonna allow people to see the number of dislikes anymore because we feel like it's distracting, or you know, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, cool. We're not gonna yeah. do show. We're not gonna release box office numbers anymore because we don't really feel like they reflect the popularity of movies accurately. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Well, one other thing. Back to the actual show at hand here. I want to point out that 
final scene in the last episode with that EU foreign council body or whatever the fuck that was that got gassed. Yeah. That was so that was an embarrassing scene. Did you notice how bad the acting was in that scene with like the like the woman reacting to it like whiffing her hand in front of her face like she smelled a yeah, fart? Dude. Like yeah. dude, this was one of the worst scenes I have ever seen from like an actual triple A property. Like it was something that you would expect to see in an indie movie that had like a $5,000 budget in Canada or something. It was bad. It's funny you say that because I noticed that immediately in that scene. I was like, she did like the smoke didn't even get to her yet. Like it was so it's bad. like acting like it was like fucking someone just shat in her face or yeah, something. Dude. <laughs> the, the final episode had a a couple of okay action sequences, like that whole helicopter with Captain Falcon following it with the drone. That was cool. But there was so much cringe in the final episode, too, like with between that speech at the end with the politician, between the retarded fights with the flag smashers and between this EU council, whatever scene with them all like pantomiming and like horrible acting It's just like, what am I watching right now? I watched a sci-fi genre show called Andromeda when I was a teenager that was reviled by the sci-fi audience back in the day as just being like the cheesiest, lowest budget, worst sci-fi ever. It's so bad. Hercules is the captain. It's so cheesy, blah, blah, blah. I will say that this fucking episode had more cheese than all of andromeda combined in its five seasons of whatever you want to declare it as such i have not seen so much cheese in one episode as this final episode of falcon and the winter soldier i could not believe it like it is the trifecta of just bad acting bad writing bad direction just like just bad i think wyatt russell was the only one that saved it for me yeah, he he, he, he had kept like it a, real. He did. <laughs> he did. Uh, that being said, Broadcaster Nichols, uh, what was your favorite episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Uh, I think that was episode four when uh, uh, John Walker as Captain America fucking him smashed that guy's head in half with the shield. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> you killed Lamar. <laughs> it's like, yeah. man, what me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I fucking, as soon as like it was showing everyone watching him and the blood on the shield, I was like, man, this series needs more of this. Why doesn't Disney embrace more of this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that scene. The rest of the episode, not so much, but yeah, that, that last scene in episode four was really good. My favorite episode is actually episode three, which ironically is called Power Broker, which is named after like the worst character in the show. But no, that's the club dancing episode. (laughs) Yeah, that's the episode where like uh, they basically go to Night City, like a cyberpunk style. Like uh, it reminded me of uh, Anthony Mackie's other role in the sci-fi genre. It's true. It they pretty much took the feelings of uh, altered carbon, but then they took the scene from the new Star Trek Picard, 
where they all dressed up to <laughs> yeah. get into that gangsters. I forget yeah. how the scene actually oh, God, went, but it was a fusion of those two ideas. <laughs> That's what the scene reminded me of. First, it was great though. It was good. Like I, I like the acting of almost all the characters in that episode. All of like the the scenes themselves were good. There was comedy. There was like a little bit of action. Like there was like some John Wick style gun standoffs. Like it was it was a good solid episode. But I don't really think it was that great of an episode. It was just the only one that I thought actually stood out in this otherwise dumpster fire of a series. Wow. I I will say episode four, I did like the scene you're talking about, but I thought the rest of the episode was so bad that it outweighed it. Personally. <laughs> well, pretty much you could say that about every episode. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that being said, Broadcaster Nichols, what is your least, and this is going to be a tough one because there's a lot to choose from. What is your least favorite episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Uh, it's easy. It's episode six. Oh. Just because it's not that it's especially bad or worse than all the rest of the episodes. It's because it didn't go anywhere. Series mm-hmm. needed to do something. Episode six was the episode to do it, and it just it sucked. They're mm. just like Sharon Carter's for sure the power broker. Uh, you know, like Carly dies in some unsanctimonious way and is used for some speech for fucking open borders and politicians to open their mind, mm-hmm. quote unquote, which is the new term people say to bow to my opinion or die nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> bow you to know, my opinion or die. That very <laughs> you know, it's like it's just so lame. Nothing. It didn't move the needle for me at all. It's just, yeah. I was like, okay, I didn't ask myself like, Oh, where's the MCU going after this? We all know where it's going. It's so fucking obvious. Nothing fucking cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That in the raft, like the, the extended scene or, or the after credit scene where it shows, um, I don't even think it was an after credit scene. It was just Baron Zemo in the raft. Like, and he's hearing something over the television or something like that. And he smart smirks and goes to lay down on his bed. Like they're like, they act like that little bread comes like something cool. Like I'm not like hypnotized by that shit anymore. That is mm. so stupid to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the, like, the no one knows why he's smirking. All right, like only fucking assholes will act like they know why he's smirking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but even if they did guess why he was smirking, which is impossible, you'll purposely change it so they weren't right. <laughs> I know that's what you guys will do. <laughs> so yeah, episode six. Yeah. Uh... Episode six was my second choice for worst episode. It was a tough, it was a tough uh, competition, honestly. Uh, It episode six was really bad for multiple reasons, but I actually think episode five is the worst episode of television I have ever seen in my entire life. I think episode five of Captain the Winter Soldier is the hottest of garbage. I can't even explain how bad it is. Every single part of that episode is cringe. I'm not going to be a blonde-haired, blue-eyes Captain America. All of it. It's so bad in every single fucking way possible. Nothing happens. It's a bunch of bullshit. 
it's just littered with like weird speeches from random characters about politics that are absolutely ridiculous. I I would have quit watching the show halfway through episode five if I wasn't reviewing it in this podcast. I'm going to be real with you right now. I only watched the final episode because we're reviewing it. I would have stopped watching in episode <gasps> five. It was so effing bad. It's really bad. The... Uh, I could like I could talk about all of it like none of it is good like I I'm not going to recap the entire fucking episode but just like every single aspect of it was bad. There was not a single redeeming factor in the entire fucking episode. That being what said, happened? Broadcaster Nichols, there is a segment on this show that we begrudgingly call the hit, the miss, and the whiff. What is your hit? I think that's pretty easy. I think it's Wyatt Russell's John Walker, U.S. agent. (laughs) U.S. agent. That's his name. I know. (laughs) It's funny. I love Dreyfus's line, too. She's like, we don't need a captain. We need a u.s agent and he just like smiles he's like i like that (laughs) he's like a puppy that needs a a master he's like thank you mom (laughs) (laughs) yeah well what i'm what i was getting from that is that he grew up watching seinfeld and he wants to bang you know he wants to bang i don't blame him yeah she can't blame she she was pretty hot back in the day and she's actually aged very well like she has she has aged pretty she her aging is very reminiscent to Jennifer Connolly, another like absolute 10 from back in the day that has oh aged God. incredibly gracefully. Every time I age. see a young Jennifer Connolly, I just like, <laughs> dude, I think she's like the most nostalgic that she's like invokes the most nostalgia in my head. Every time I see a young Jennifer Connolly, I just don't get whisked away into like fucking old movies and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, retro wave music starts playing in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Old school Jennifer Connelly. There, there was a mystique to her hotness. It was like there was an X factor to it. You couldn't quite explain, but she was, she was like an eleven out of ten back in the day. Oh, no doubt, no and, doubt. Uh, she has aged very well, as has Louis Drew. Is it Louis Dreyfus or Louis Marie? I always forget her. She has like a middle name that people say, but you know what? My hit. Isn't that, you know what my hit is, Broadcaster Nichols? My hit is the ocean sunset shot at the very end of the last episode. Because none of the bad actors were in it. None of the political (laughs) propaganda was in it. It was a beautifully shot scene of the ocean with the sun gleaming down upon it as it was clearing the horizon it was beautiful and it also signified that i was finally done with this nightmare which is the greatest part about the scene (laughs) the night is long (laughs) be free (laughs) that being said broadcaster nichols what is your miss what is my miss uh, I'd have to say the treatment of Bucky Barnes. Mm, that's a good one. He got 
the cuckening in the most unsanctimonious of ways, man. Like there's like this series is called the Falcon and winter soldier. It's not the more popular character first and then the least popular character second. No, I made sure it was the black man first and then the more popular person second. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was the first sign. (laughs) Then after the first episode, when he had his like, you know, you could tell he was like, sulking with the japanese dude and they made the connection of him being the father of the asian duty killed and his winter soldier days like i get it like that was all right that was acceptable to me right but then they illustrated that this was going to be the theme for the whole series and after every fight you see bucky in it just gets the nail gets hammered further into the coffin it's mm-hmm. just like it was just so sad, especially in the fight scene with the uh, Dole Marjorie or whatever, the, the Wakandan elite soldiers, all female elite soldiers. Yeah, one of the like, many horrible aspects of episode five. <laughs> yeah, like the fact that they just had like some fail safe to take his fucking arm off. It just it totally counteract. I, I get what I, I get what they were trying to do, right? Like they gave him like some Wakandan asset, you know, and he was an fucking hypnotized killer like there has like i get where they're coming from i get where the mentality comes from at the same time the story development took two steps backwards because of how you told the story in endgame when you find him being a like being a farming hand in wakanda trying to like you know trying to find himself or whatever. And they're like, we need you. And they give him the arm or whatever. And they trust him. They're like, don't worry. You've, you've beaten your demons and all that crap. We trust you with this. It takes all that back. <laughs> it takes two steps back. It's like, Oh, okay. So now all of a sudden you turned this guy that was trying to get past all the guilt of being who he was in the past and helping him with it and rewarding him for all he's done to, Oh, he's still a white man that can't be trusted. <laughs> you know, like in the end, and you could see like they even illustrated on the face of his character, like when his arm falls off and he's like shocked that like they they would hide that from mm-hmm. him. And it's just like it's just like you guys don't even realize the damage you did for the story, like the past storyline and the character going forward now, because it's just like now he's a damaged person mentally, and the one thing that makes him powerful is in the control of Wakanda, essentially. Like, just the fact that she could do that in the middle of the fight makes me think that that arm could probably just blow up mm-hmm. if they wanted it to, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and, and fucking, it, how lame was that opening scene of episode five with fucking Bucky and that fucking Wakanda chick meeting in, like, the, the corner of fucking... Al Kabab or whatever fucking city they were supposed to be in. I thought I thought the the premise of me how they interact was cool. The two little balls making the noises. I thought that was some real cloak and dagger like street level assassin shit. I thought that was yeah. pretty cool. But yeah, the actual 
the conversation like, was yeah. incredibly the, cringy. Yeah. And then yeah, the, the way rapport, she the rapport with the characters is just cringe. And the way <laughs> she walks away after it's over and it's about to go to like the title screen and she like walks like she's some diva on a fucking straight up. Dude. Oh god, that was the mo- dude. I feel it I, I feel it extremely pat- patronizing too to like they're like this is what strong black women are like. Oh, it's like god. no, it's not at all and it's extremely patronizing to think that in order to be a strong black woman you have to treat white men like dogs mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> or yeah. anybody that's not you essentially like a dog <laughs> yeah because that's kind of how like doll marjorie like come off and i get it they're like these extreme female soldiers or whatever and i mean male extreme soldiers would pretty much act the same way right they treat anybody that have like that ideology and that mentality they treat anybody mm-hmm. that's inferior to them like dogs so i get it in that aspect but at the same time when it's like that one-on-one level with winter soldier and her because they're supposed to have like some rapport right she's supposed to be the person that like zero chemistry him. yeah zero chemistry fucking no chemistry at all <laughs> oh god it was bad uh that being said my miss was the flag smashers the worst antagonist in comic book history i cannot come up with anything worse i think that they are a black stain on the MCU to the point where I don't know if they'll ever be able to recover from how bad these villains were. Like you have absolute insane villains in this universe, like Thanos apocalypse, Dr. Doom. Like you have the, the list goes on of just like some of the craziest, most badass villains of all time. And then you get to the flag smashers and some fucking freckled bitch named Carly. Who's like, eh, Che Guerrero, one world, <laughs> one people. Oh, give me a fucking break. This was an insult to every single comic book fan that's alive right now. And if you don't know, it's an insult. That means that you are fucking addled and you need to stop drinking tap water. Otherwise, I don't know what to tell you. Keep watching. Don't watch. I don't know. I watch this shit still, and I know how horrible it is. I don't. I, I don't know what to do anymore with this shit. Like, I'm going into Loki. I love Owen Wilson. He's my boy. I want to watch Loki and like it, but I don't believe it's going to be good now because of what I just saw in this show. And that is the ultimate miss that the Flag Smashers really kind of kickstarted in this show. I hear you. I feel it. That being said, broadcaster Nichols, what is your with? This one's uh it's a little out there, but I feel like once I explain it, people are going to realize it was there and it was very sh- possible. All with should be out there. I think that that's but a good way to put When it. I saw the shrimping boat. <laughs> right? Yes. I was just like, and then when and, and Bucky Barnes shows up after like a little bit of Sam Wilson and his sister like talking about the, the family past and the history and the bank d- deal and stuff like that. And that was episode five, as, too, right? I'm no, pretty sure. he shows up at like episode like they they, they the show them all on the dock. Well, there's multiple episodes where they're at the dock together. Hmm. But, but when he comes by initially to. uh see if you need help and they kind of have like that montage like fixing the boat together and stuff that's episode five yeah but like yeah. before that before that he stops by just to see if like he can stick around for a minute or whatever you know like because he needs a place to stay or whatever and they're like he's, and he's like no nah, i'll be gone by tomorrow he's like these people treat 
you like your family, just cut, stay a while. You, you remember that? It was like episode mm-hmm. two or three. Yeah. But when I saw that, I was just like, oh, man, this whole series should just be the Falcon and Winter Soldier doing a shrimp boat business. <laughs> like, keeping, they could have cool montages of the engine b- blowing up and like they're fixing on together and they're like, they, they give them each other the knuckles when they get it started again. And there's like the sunset as they're getting back into the harbor and stuff. They could play cool music and they could show like all the shrimp no, falling on the They play dock Kenny Loggins. Like, Kenny yeah, Lodges. they can play Kenny Loggins as the bounties <laughs> hitting the dock and everyone's cheering them on. They're like, yeah, we're doing it. You know, it would have been such a great uh, fucking series. You're right. You missed it. It was a complete whiff. It was a complete whiff. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, they tapped into it. They tapped into the potential just yep. for a second. I never thought of that, but now that you put it so uh, bluntly and elegantly at the same time, uh, I'm going to have to agree with you that that would have been a much better show than what we got. <laughs> Could you imagine just a montage of a fucking <laughs> awesome track playing in the background of Bucky and fucking Wilson just fucking <laughs> all greased up in the pit, just working on the engine, and they're just like throwing f bombs around? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Disney Disney doesn't want to make a show like that. They don't want to make anything that's actually you know has any masculine energy at all. <laughs> this dude, this show was so devoid of masculine energy. It's hilarious. Fucking yeah. Zemo, who by my standards is basically a beta male, is the most the testosterone-filled <laughs> man in the entire show. It's such a joke. He, he cucked everybody at every level. Like, even when he was about to be shot by fucking Bucky, he's just like, okay, I accept that. <laughs> I mean, I, I trained you to be a killer. I figured your last kill would be me. I, I, I feel like I could accept that. And then he's just like... One of the rare nah. cool moments of the show, by the way, that scene. I'm going to let Wakandans take you, and he just kind of smiles. He's like, yeah, you're the bitch. I knew you were, you little bitch. <laughs> little <laughs> he's, bitch. Like, <laughs> he's like, I'll be back. Just you wait, you little cuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my whiff is Agent Carter, and... In my opinion, the most inane, pointless, and cringy plot twist of all time. From her starting as the power broker, which is an absolute joke, to her horrible acting, which sort of like, she kind of choreographed the twist by how bad her acting was in a weird way. Because like yeah. when she was agreeing <laughs> to certain things, you're like, you're listening, you're like, are you like a villain from a soap opera? Like what is happening right now? And then of course she ends up being a villain from a soap opera. in the end. So it's like, it is literally the most easy to see plot twist of all time. And the fact that they just like hung the entire miniseries on it, the way they did was just so bad. I could not believe it. I was rolling my eyes so hard in that final episode because of how hard they were ham fisting Agent Carter into it. Oh, God, that was just it was bad. Agent Carter was bad. I think she's going to play a bigger role at some point in another movie. I think that's why they were trying to ham fist her in this. That's what it felt like well, to me, at least. Good luck to Disney, because I think that I am a better actor than her, and I've never acted in once in my life. And I'm pretty sure I could act better than that bitch. She is horrible. Uh, I, can horrible. I can act better than all of them. Fuck, man. I mean, I, I think me and Scarlett Johansson <laughs> need to do a collab <laughs> real Black, soon. <laughs> Black Widow 2. <laughs> the broadcaster is in. Well, Broadcaster Nichols. It's called Black Widow 2 Platinum Nickel. (laughs) 
As you know, here on the Crack Seller Podcast, we use the official, patented Nick Cage rating system. On that system, what do you rate <laughs> the Falcon <laughs> and the Winter Soldier? <sighs> Hold on, let me pour some more whiskey before you answer this question. Okay, I'm ready. You know, this isn't a line from a Nick Cage movie, but <laughs> it's from an equally great series, our universe. That's right. Nick Cage's movies are a universe in themselves. Kind of like are. The Dark Tower with Steven Spielberg. There's a there's something that connects them all. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when I thought that Willy's Wonderland was going to be the Dark Tower of the Nick Cage universe? <laughs> It is. It is. It is. I'm telling you, it is. You have no idea how right you are. Go on. Listen, here at the cracks of the, we have a mountain, a scale, a ranking system, if you will. And at the tippy top, where only the elite hang out, there is a man with no face. That's not what this movie or this show is. <laughs> All right. And underneath those clouds hanging out at the summit, there's a plane flying. Has a name, man, man named Silas inside of it, right? Starring in an excellent movie called Con Air. That's not this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not this. And then below Cyrus that, the virus. Is that <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> below John Malkovich, those, man, one of his greatest. Below roles. those clouds, there's a compound with none other than Sean Connery <laughs> and Nicholas Cage, right? And they're handling some high payloads. And Nicholas Cage is kind of looking like he's not the man for the job. <laughs> That's not this. Right? <laughs> okay. I'm going to skip the Wicker Man because we all know it's not that either. <laughs> this movie is arguably lower than a Ghost Rider. <laughs> but I'll give it a D in that 10-gallon hat that he wears in that mm. movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like the, the pose that Nick Cage makes when he like winks at the camera in Ghost Rider is sort of the pose that I think <laughs> Malcolm Spellman is doing towards the camera when he made the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm so fucking cool. He probably, his wife probably kisses him on the cheek. He looks in the mirror just like Nick Cage looked at the fucking camera. He's like, I'm so bad. <laughs> Badass. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I'm giving this a, I'm giving this a D, a big old laughable ghostwriter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this 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 movie, it is a fucking movie. I don't give a fuck if they split it into six episodes. You could have done the same exact thing to the Snyder cut and called it a miniseries too, but it, it's a fucking movie. We all know that this fucking train wreck was a movie and they just decided to do it on Disney Plus as a miniseries instead. Okay, cool. This sucks. This is the definition of a D-rank. This is laughable as fuck. It defines the term laughable. And you know what? I agree with you. For a minute, I was thinking we might need to invent a lower rank 
for this piece of shit. Because I feel like Ghost Rider is kind of like, come on, man, I wasn't that bad. It got the vampire's bad. kiss in the F section that doesn't exist. Yeah, like, we <laughs> might have to create the F rank just for this fucking show, I feel like. But, you know, for now, I'm just going to give it the lowest of the lows of D rank. The lowest Ghost Rider possible. It is in the basement. It is buried six feet under. No straw to breathe air out of the ground. This is done. This is dead. No. This is bad. And holy shit, is this... Captain America 4, written by Malcolm Spellman, just going to be a fucking dud. It is going to be a bomb. Holy shit. Pretty sure the MCU is about to be a bomb here pretty soon. Well, I think the first bomb heard across the world is going to be this fucking, this uh, Captain America 4, because I have a feeling people are going to turn out for uh, the new Doctor Strange movie, just because how good WandaVision was. I think people are going to tune in for that, but I don't think people are going to tune in for a Captain America 4. I think it's going to b- just bomb as hard as possible. Well, they're going to lose one of their biggest audiences, which is the Chinese market. They don't like seeing a black man as the starring role, so that movie's automatically yeah. not going to do well in China. Yeah, I know. It's, it's so funny how like the fucking the left-wing people are so aligned with China, but China is like the most racist country on the planet. It's such a joke. They're like literally in the process of a genocide right now. Left-wing people in America are like, Chinese are the greatest. We need to make all We shouldn't things. comment about the Chinese problems when we're facing our own yeah. problems with diversity. <laughs> oh, God. And with that, we will close out. The Han people are great. Please let me assimilate into your <laughs> culture. <laughs> I am not Ugir. I am Han. Can I please have male air? <laughs> male air. <laughs> I will drown every daughter my wife gives birth to until I have a baby boy. <laughs> <laughs>